This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN. Full house tonight. We've got Jake the State. We've got Michael. We've got Brian Mangia. And we've got Gordon Damer. Hey, Gordon, how are you? Larry, we got a barn burner going on in Brooklyn tonight, oh, huh? Oh, this is a good one. This is a real good one. And it's <laughs> there's so many mistakes in this in the last couple of minutes, Gordon. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so funny. First of all, uh, how do you let Jeff Green all the way in the backcourt and nobody back there? Like, I was but, wondering where Harden was throwing it to at first, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, the guy exactly. wasn't even on the screen. He was so far. I mean, nobody, nobody from the, the, the Clipper bench waved to say, hey, look, this guy. Look at this guy. <laughs> and if it were under normal circumstances with a giant crowd, you could understand. Maybe in the in, you know, last seconds of the game, you can't hear the coach scream. There's nobody there. That's right. You should be able to hear somebody screaming, hey, guys, what about covering him? <laughs> loose man in the backcourt, loose man in the backcourt. And then they foul him, and he misses the free throw, so they're still playing this one out. But, Gordon, this has been a really entertaining game. And if the Nets are able to pull this one out, this is going to be a really, really confidence builder for them because the Clippers have been just one of the hottest teams in basketball right now. Yeah, uh, look, I always thought the Nets – Anytime that the Nets with this grouping have any uh, adversity, people are going to enjoy that adversity. And why that is, is because they're really good and they're going to be really good. Now, I don't know if they're going to win a title this year. And that is the goal. They have to win a title either this year or next year but with, the, the, with the trades that they've pulled off and the movies that they've pulled off. But, the, I mean, anybody who thinks that this team is going to struggle overall, I think, is just not being fair because, they're, I mean, they can just score at will. Now, they give up scores at will, too, but once they get a little bit, you know, it, it's not been that long since they made the trade. You know, once we get another couple of weeks, I think that they're start, they're going to start to get rolling here and, uh, you know, pile up some wins in a row. Well, listen, the, the one thing that we've talked about it, Gordon, the big issue with them is, you know, their defense. And obviously, and I think Grant Hill made a great point tonight, they don't have to be the San Antonio Spurs defensively with uh, Duncan and Robinson. They can just be a decent defensive team because you have to, they'll, they'll outshoot you. They'll outscore you. They'll be willing to do that. It's when you face the elite teams, I think Gordon in a series, that's when you'll see that's when you'll be able to see just how effective they can be offensively and defensively. Because once again, when you get in that situation, Everybody knows everybody's plays. Okay, you can't fool anybody. We, you're not going to draw up a couple of uh, about six or seven new plays just for this series. So once again, once they get to the postseason, and that's what, as you mentioned, that's where they're going to be judged. That's when you really find out about their defense. But listen, during the regular season, all they got to do is outscore you. They can get in the scoring match. They, they can score with anybody in this league. Yeah. Uh, and it's funny to me when you when you listen to because obviously they're going to make some tweaks, right? They, there'll be yes. guys who become available who want to go to Brooklyn because of the star power and and the expectation of what their season can be. It's funny. I saw a report the other day that they the Nets might be interested in Kevin Love. I can't wow. imagine anybody who thinks that Kevin Love is the thing that's missing for the Brooklyn. You know, like, do you need less defense? You know, we're playing such little defense. Let's bring in Kevin Love and make it complete. I mean, I don't think that that's the right move. But, yeah, if they could get somebody who can, you know, rebound a little bit, maybe be a, a shot blocker as well, that, uh, that, that could be something that might be helpful. No question. And we, we know that Iman Shumpert is coming back. 
so he's going through the you know the COVID protocol, and he'll be mm-hmm. joining the team shortly. So he will give them some depth in the backcourt and some defense. But what's interesting, Gordon, is if if you watch this net team of late. Steve Nash has cut down the bench rotation. He's really only going with eight, nine guys a night. So, you know, where does Shepard fit in? Where the other, you know, the additional players when they sign them, where where will they fit in? I guess they'll just be added depth when you give, uh, you know, your, your big three a night off here and there. Yeah, and you're going to have to, right, with Durant and the and the Achilles and coming back from that. I mean, he's played a lot of minutes already so far this year. He had the double overtime game where he played like 50-something minutes. The night he's up at 39 minutes, so – um, yeah, I mean, they're going to have to, as they get into stretches of the season where they're playing more back-to-backs and everything like that, you would think that Durant, they're going to want to keep him fresh for the long haul and, and the mm-hmm. real season, which is the playoffs. So I would expect that he's a guy that they're going to have to uh, spell at times, if not just give complete games off to. Yeah, no question about it. So the Nets win 124-120. Uh, Kevin Durant, 28 points in 38 minutes. Gordon, he was 11 of 13 from the field. He is just he, – he, he shows no ill effect. Was he really hurt? <laughs> it's amazing. He has, I mean, no rust whatsoever. Uh, he has picked up right exactly where he has left off. I do think that there still is should be probably some concern about the, the grind of the season. But, if, I mean, that's something that they can manage. But that, I think, is the only thing that is the only concern with Kevin Durant right now because he looks as good as he has ever been. Yep, Kyrie Irving had 38 points in 37 minutes, Gordon. 38 points in 37 minutes, 15 for 23 from the field. And that's what is – take the other issues, off-the-court issues aside from him. He is one of the most talented players that can create for himself. He can create any shot. He can hit the three. He can hit the mid-range. He can go to the basket. He can look for other people. He he is a tremendous basketball player. Think about all the times we have criticized Kyrie Irving for things that he has done off the court or for injuries or this thing or that thing. Nobody, Everybody always prefaces it by saying how talented he is, right? Ball handler, shot maker, you know, can get to the basket. Uh, defense, not necessarily maybe one of those things, but uh, I mean, there's no question about his talent. And when, when, you know, when it's on display, which I think that when you get a scenario like he's, you know, he's had the break for, for whatever he was away doing, uh, once he is back and if he is emotionally invested, there's no question that he's one of the top 10, 12 players in the league. Yeah, definitely. And you know what, Gordon? I don't think uh, James Harden has gotten enough credit for what he's been able to do, we knew somebody was going to have to sacrifice their game for this to work. And he has come in and he's done it once again. I mean, he's leading the NBA in assists. James Harden. I mean, all you think about James Harden in Houston was ball stopper. <laughs> if we were playing password back in the day, Gordon, and the word was ball stopper, all I'd have to say is James Harden. <laughs> and you would know, ball stopper. I mean, he's, he's leading the league in assists this year. He had 14 tonight, another triple-double for him. You know, just because people say it doesn't necessarily make it true, right? So, like, when he said that when he was wanting out of Houston that he was going to be willing to sacrifice his game because if he wanted to just do it all, he would have just stayed where he was. But it does turn out that what he said has been true because he's, you know, usually now tonight I think he got the second most shots. Durant had the third most. I mean, there's been a lot of nights where he has taken out of the big three the fewest amount of shots. And he's doing other things. And he's also playing a ton of minutes tonight. So, yeah, um, yeah, I mean, he has absolutely altered his game since he got here. 
And, you know, I mean, look, they still have issues to work out with the defense and, and how all this is going to fit together come playoff time. But the good thing about them making the trade when they did is they basically got the whole season to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, you know they right. got to tell you know this would be one thing if they did it at the trade deadline and then you you know you're thinking ah oh, how are we going to get this all you know up and running, they got the whole season to kind of figure it out. It's true, and uh, and you get to play and and learn each other and not lose a whole lot of games because you're in the East, and you just have to you know find the time and find the spots and and fortunately for them they've got a little space where they've been able to do a couple of practices, Gordon, so they've been able to do some film study and practice and make adjustments. And I was very curious to see. I knew that they would be really ready for this game tonight, especially nationally televised game on TNT. Mm-hmm. Plus, coming off the how do you lose that game against Washington on Sunday where they gave up, what, seven points in like eight seconds, and they lose the game. So with that and how Steve Nash, listen, give him credit, jumped on his team about lack of defense there. You have a lead, Gordon, against a Washington team that's been, in a word, horrible, and you end up losing the game. Yeah, it seems like their biggest issue outside of defense is just boredom or distraction, right? Because they're just so talented. You know, think about all that they've, they've, they've dealt with Durant coming back from the injury. They dealt with Kyrie going off for a couple of weeks. They dealt with a trade where they've, you know, kind of completely remade the, you know, the bench of their team, the, the, the surrounding cast of their team where they traded, you know, important players, not, not nearly as important as James Harden is. They got the better of the deal. But, you know, to trade away Jared Allen, that is a, is a, is a key contributor. And, and you look where they are. I think they're second in the Eastern Conference, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're 14 and nine, and they're still second in the Eastern Conference. So yeah. uh, I would think that the best moments are still to come for them. And once they get things a little ironed out a little bit more, I would not be surprised if when we get closer to playoff time, the Nets are going to be the number one seed in the East. Gordon, I, it's so interesting to – I think we're going through this with the local players, right? We're hearing about what it means for Emmanuel quickly to talk to Lou Williams and and talk about to to Lou Williams of the Clippers that he was his favorite player. We're starting to hear what veteran players are starting to talk about this kid. Some comments about RJ Barrett with the Knicks. It is always interesting to me about when veterans, especially veterans who even have, have attained stature, what it means when they come back and talk to a younger player after they've defeated them or after they've had a really good game. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, for Patrick Mahomes, who was, you know, it's not like he was in the same situation of Tom Brady, right? Tom Brady's a sixth-round pick. Patrick Mahomes is the 10th pick of the draft. So you would think that, you know, just being someone who has never attained something like that, that you would have this confidence about you that, yeah, sure, this guy is in the league and I'm in the league. We're both in the league together. But it just shows you that there is that side of every athlete, even when you get to the level of Tom Brady, when you get to, you know, somebody you grew up watching, and Patrick Mahomes clearly grew up I mean, Tom Brady's been around, it seems like, forever, (laughs) that, uh, you know, having that interaction with someone like that clearly makes an impact for him. Watching and watching him win. Gordon and you know we always have this conversation about you know you look at people play you look at different players is it about their performance is it about the rings what makes them great and clearly with Brady it's been a combination of both but to have a guy who's won as much to come in and talk to you that that really means a lot 
Yeah. I, I mean, you can't have anybody better, right? I mean, uh, <laughs> you look at the, the, not just the Super Bowl wins, the Super Bowl appearances. He has kind of rewritten the record books. And, and, you know, usually when you talk about, it feels like when there's those unbroken or unbreakable records, mm-hmm. it took place before we were born, right? Like Joe yeah. DiMaggio's hit streak or, you know, Johnny Vandermeer throwing two no-hitters in a row. Tom Brady is is setting right we will never see someone get to this many super bowls again we'll never see somebody get to what was it 15 championship games mm-hmm. never you'll never mm-hmm. see that again for as long as you live and 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 I, it seems like everybody just kind of assumes that Patrick Mahomes is just going to pick up the title and he's just going to be the guy now that goes to every super bowl from here until kingdom come i i don't know how it's going to happen i'll tell you right now it will not happen uh, what Tom Brady has done, will ne- we will never see that again. That is Babe Ruth. That is – it's at a level where it's, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And, Gordon, we won't see it again. Do you think is because with the way the salary cap and structure is and it's how tough hard. it is to keep teams together, that, that you yeah. keep your, your quarterback together and keep his – not only keep the quarterback together, keep the team together, but keep him playing – Gordon, listen, other than Randy Moss, he hasn't exactly had elite talent at wide receiver. No, uh, no, he has not. Uh, you know, you look at Gronk, obviously, he's a tight sure. end, and mm-hmm. he had Aaron Hernandez there for a little while as another one. And, you know, they had some other, you know, players that they brought in that, you know, made impacts. But, yeah, no, he has not had that. Uh, I just think that for, for to look at how many Super Bowls there have been. What is it? How many, what percentage of Super Bowls has Tom Brady? I think it's like something like 18% of Super Bowls or something yeah. like that he has yeah. participated in. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And it, the league is such, and maybe it will change over, you know, the decades in front of us, but it's a league where teams are good one minute and two years down the road, they're completely different, right? Like the Texans, right? They make the playoffs, it seemed like, every single year. This year they have a down year, and now there's a possibility that the quarterback might not be bad. That, that's kind of the league that it's in. So just for some – I mean, I saw a stat today. There are like five or six Hall of Fame quarterbacks who you would consider, you know, great all-time quarterbacks who were already inducted into the Hall of Fame at the age of 43. <laughs> and Tom Brady – here's the list. Steve Young, Dan Marino – Elway, Montana, and Otto Graham. They were right. elected to the Hall of Fame at 43. Tom Brady is starting a Super Bowl at 43. It's unbelievable. I, mean, I don't see how that – Tom Brady this year, I'm pretty sure the stat was that he has now played more games as a 43-year-old, as a starter at 43, than everyone else in NFL history combined. Now, George Blanda played in the league at, a, at an advanced age, but I don't believe he was a starter, so that one doesn't really count. But even, all right, let's say George, he would be then the second person to, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's just so unusual to be playing at this high a level at the most important position at the age that he's at. I, I don't think that you'll ever see something even remotely close to this again. Yeah, George Blanda, kicker. So, yes. you know, he, he. He's a little he, different, right. Just a little bit. <laughs> all they had to do was trot out there when they needed him, Gordon. He didn't have to do all those plays. But think about that. The, the entire NFL. I know. Everyone combined. You know, it was like, uh, I think Warren Moon played like one game. Doug Flutie played a couple of games. There's been like four or five guys who have been able to play, just play at the age of 43. Tom Brady is thriving at the age of 43. 
and and looks better than ever. Yeah. He does. I mean, physically, not just how he plays on the field, physically. I'm thinking about trying some of this avocado ice cream. I got I don't know what the hell is in that thing, but it it, it must be pretty good. Uh, it's going to be uh, so TB12 meets GD12. Yeah, GD. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's a higher number, GD50. Uh, you know. <laughs> Artist Ian Damer here on 98.7 ESPN. All right, Gordon, how do you feel about this game? I, I'll tell you this: if you're Tampa, right, and you're looking at all the weapons that Kansas City has, and we've talked about, we know if they have, you know, from Tyreek Hill to you know Kelsey to all this, and then you find out. That Sammy Watkins, who missed both of Kansas City's playoff wins with a calf injury, held out of six regular season games this season, is feeling great, optimistic he'll see action on Tampa Sunday in Super Bowl 55. Great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just what they need, another weapon, right? Uh, it is crazy. Look, I could see a, a, a lot of different ways that this game can go. It, it's hard for me to envision a way where the Chiefs are not coming away with another Super Bowl. I really, I mean, just the, throughout the course of the season, I felt like, you know what, th- this team it just doesn't seem like the same juggernaut offensively, even while they're putting up points and they're winning games. It's not like it was last year. And it's almost like the way that the Nets, like when I said about that their greatest uh, issue outside of defense, obviously, is just boredom because mm-hmm. they're just so good. They know they can flip the, the, flip the switch whenever they want. It kind of feels like that with the Chiefs that they just know that when they need to score or they need to drive the field or need to get a stop, they're just able to do it. And I don't know how you, you, you draw it up. I guess you have to expect, you know, maybe a turnover here or there from Mahomes or, or something along those lines. It just seems much more likely to me that the Chiefs are just going to keep rolling and that the Buccaneers are going to be the last victim of this year. Yeah, and, and you know, I'm, I'm siding with you on that, Gordon, and, and I'm always reluctant to bet against Tom Brady because, I, you know, over the years in, in being embedded with the Jets and just watching him, I've seen him just do the miracle stuff too much. So I'm really hesitant. But the only thing I'll say is if you're Tampa, Leonard Fournette is the key guy for you, him and Ronald Jones. Gordon, you need to have long drives to keep that Kansas City offense off the field and you have to get sevens off those long drives. Absolutely. For me, that's the only way you do it. Where you limit it, it's it's come on Giant fans, it's it's you and Super Bowl what, 25 against Buffalo. Okay, where you just dominated the football and, and Buffalo, you know, they scored when they had it, but there was so much pressure on them. And then when when Kansas City's on the field, you got to pressure them and pressure them and try to force Patrick Mahomes to speed him up. You cannot give up big plays because they're backbreakers, Gordon. They're momentum switchers. They just they they just blow you. You are deflated after the big plays that Kansas City has on you. Yeah, and, and the the second point that you were making there, I obviously completely agree. Brady is going to have to. You're going to have to put up some points in this game. You're going to have to put up 31 points in this game to hang with the Chiefs because they're going to. I, I have full confidence that they're going to be able to put up points in this game and when you get down there and it's fourth and three from you know fourth and goal from the three don't settle for the field goal go for the touchdown go for the seven you know and if it doesn't work out I know on Twitter and after the game people will be crushing the Buccaneers and saying well how, how could you not kick the field goal there take the points 
you have to, when you get down there and you've driven the field, you know, if you're sitting at the 43-yard line and it's fourth and seven, okay, fine, kick the field goal. But when you get down in the red zone and you've got fourth and goal opportunities, even if you've not moved the ball on the, the, the previous three downs like the Packers, you got to score sevens. you got to score touchdowns in those situations because field goals, that's just making the loss look a little bit better. That's all that that's going to do. You're still going to lose the game. You're just going to lose it by a somewhat closer margin. And the way the Buccaneers defense has been, Gordon, I'll take my shot with them, with you having to go, if you don't get it, I'll take my shot with them having to go 93 yards. I, I'll, roll, I'll roll the dice. That's I'll the, roll the that's dice. The, that's the thing that people always forget about, right? Like if you, if you go, say it's fourth and, you know, you're for, fourth and goal and you're at the five-yard line, right? And you, mm-hmm. you decide not to kick the field goal. You go for the touchdown. You don't get the touchdown. Oh, no. You haven't scored a touchdown. Now the other team has the ball at the five-yard line starting a drive. Now, look, the Chiefs are great. Maybe they can, they'll just throw a couple of passes to Travis Kelsey and they'll be at midfield. That's very possible. But I would much rather leave them at the five, hope to get a three and out, and get the ball back in, in good field position so I don't have to drive the entire field once again. So field position is part of that equation when you decide to go for it on a fourth down inside the red zone. And then if I'm lucky and I stop them, I flip the field position, I'm right back there. I'm right back I'm right back down on their side of the field, and maybe I get to the end zone this way. Gordon, let's go to the phones. Let's do it. Spike is batting leadoff on ESPN New York tonight. What's up, Spike? You hear me, you guys? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah, got up uh, to talk to you guys. Took a nap so I could make sure I'm catching up on the Nets game. I just caught the end of it. At least Steve Nash learned from his mistake with the timeout from Sunday. Yeah, he did. And and he fouled from three uh, to keep keep, uh, players putting up the three. So he did learn. Yeah. Well, do you know both your fellows that in Europe, if you do that, they fire you for the next game? You know, well, it, it, no, it's one or the other. If you don't fail, it's uh, this is some algorithm or something. One Tom, Tom Brady comment, and first on the uh, on the next comment. If I asked both of you guys, who I've talked to a million times between the two of you, would you take two former lottery picks on the Knicks and trade them both for a thirty-six-year-old deadly shooter that's available named JJ Redick? I'm struggling with that, Spike. I really am. How about Kevin Knox and Dennis Smith Jr.? Uh, nobody would take them. <laughs> well, the, 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 re, the, the reason I ask that because the money matches up. I got I would, you. I would, I would, I got you. Uh, Larry, I'd throw them in the cab in my car, your car. We could give them a couple of bottles of water and not talk to them the whole drive down. I don't care. We'll wait till they're on Philly. Yeah, they're both wasted spaces. They're, they're roster spaces. And Frank's becoming another wasted roster know, space. He really is. Can't stay healthy. I, I, don't, I don't like the – I get it that Knox is not giving you anything and Dennis Smith Jr. is giving you zilch, but uh, I don't like the, 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 the process behind it. You know what I mean? Like you're trying to – you're getting a win now kind of – and look, they could definitely use a shooter. I'm not saying that Reddick wouldn't be uh, valuable it's one on year the deal. team. But what are we, you know, like, what are we doing in terms of like, isn't part of this year about trying to get something out of these guys, or at least use them to find somebody who's going to be part of the future? When you know what I mean, like JJ okay. Redick is, let, you know, he said thirty-five years let old. Let me let me ask you something, Gordon. You watching this religiously like we do, okay? Larry and I, and the rest of the calls. Kevin Knox Jr. with all no, due respect. 
No, he he has no idea defensively what the hell he's doing. It's been three years already. He still doesn't know the baseline's the end of the court. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, no, no, I, I get it. I, you're basically giving up some, you know, two pieces that are not providing you any value whatsoever. Uh, so I can't say no. I just don't like the uh, you know the young trading two young guys who can't get on the court. Granted. For you know, like, what are we doing? Like that, so we can maybe secure the eighth seed this year. I, no, I, don't know. I just don't like the process. Of space. No, the, the, my my logic here is Reddick's on the last year of a thirteen and change contract. These two guys, you're not going to sign them with monopoly money. They're gone. You're not getting nothing back, but you're freeing up some space for next year. But at least the yeah. team will have a chance to make at the end of the game. Well, Quickly's taking some bad shots, and Quickly's getting looked. Pretty poorly. I break down every game defensively. That's fine. He makes up for it offensively. He's the biggest spark we've had since John Starks and, and that three weeks of insanity, which was a, a, a real weird deal, the whole thing. But these two guys and Frank, because you know they're going to trade Julius Randle the, the, you know, about three weeks before the end of the season. Someone's going to want him. He's not the future either. I just got to get I got to get Mitchell Robinson to do something before I give up on him too. And I'm I'm not that harsh a critic. I'm thrilled with the development of a couple of guys on this team. Mm-hmm. You know they made a great selection quickly, and Barrett looks like he's coming around. I don't know if he'll ever be a good shooter, but he'll be an okay shooter possibly. But uh, you know I watched the net game now while I was listening to you guys do your monologue, and. Um, they, they'll win the East, perhaps, but they're not going to beat the Lakers. They will not beat the Clippers in seven games. The Clippers put out a five on Sunday against the Knicks. That was brutal. And this is the only team, that I said it on the case show, I hate to repeat myself, but it's a different audience probably. They're the only two guys in the history of the NBA that, who are right now 40, 50, 90 guys in George and uh, Kawhi. Yeah. It's never happened in the NBA. That's a, a brutal team. they yeah, they lost tonight, but so be it. Anyway, my my thing with the, with the Super Bowl. Thanks for the time. Great to talk to my guys. Um, I never bet against Tom Brady. You know, I I follow betting, and I'm a percentage guy, a statistician guy, and uh, he's sixty percent, sixty point eight percent of Tom Brady. Uh, you just can't bet against that. I'll pass and watch the game. And I know the momentum says Kansas City, but you'll go broke betting against Tom Brady. You can get lucky this week. I just I think this is the best core of receivers he's ever had. Yeah, it is. Well, there's no question about that, Spike. Thanks for the phone call. This this for talent this might be the best talent offensive talent he's had, period. Running backs as well. I mean he he's had a lot of talent here. The question is, can that defense slow down what is a more talented offense? Yeah, I, I just think that they kind of have to play a perfect game, uh, and and Kansas City does not, right? Because Kansas City can score in bunches, and the one thing that I go back to is that Spags kind of, you know, he knows what he's doing when putting a defense together to go get Tom Brady, and it's about getting some pressure, especially early on. And uh, I think that the Chiefs will, you know, like their defense is not uh, the 85 Bears, granted, but they will be able to get some pressure on him, and if they do, I think it's a bit of a different game. I just think that the Bucks. I'm not saying they can't win, but it just seems like they their margin of error is much smaller than Kansas yeah. City. Kansas City yeah. can just kind of roll the ball out there, and they might look not that great for the first couple of drives. And then all of a sudden, pass to Kelsey, pass to Hill, they're down at the 20-yard line, and there's a touchdown. I mean, look what they did in last year's Super Bowl, Gordon. I mean, they got off to a horrible start, Kansas yep. City did. Yep. 
and they and, just and, flip the switch. Yeah, <laughs> they do have that ability. They do have that it's ability. It's amazing. And and the scary thing with them is, as you mentioned, they they don't score just a couple of touchdowns. They score them in bunches. They just get on a roll, and it's it's one it's one big play to Tyreek Hill. I mean, what are you going to do? Are you going to what? Tyreek Hill, you you go double him. Then then what are you doing with Kelsey? You're putting a safety on Kelsey. He, that's not going to work. I mean, just those two guys alone, and then you're still leaving another receiver. And they could do three wides. What do you, Gordon? How are you covering it? You got to take something away. Are you taking away Hill? Are you taking away Kelsey? I mean, oh, well, you can't take away Kelsey. Kelsey's. I, look, this is a rule. He is open on every play. You can pass. I, 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 if I were Andy Reid, I would script the first 15 plays. All go to Travis Kelsey. I won't even need 15. If I have 15 plays in a row to Travis Kelsey, I might have 14 points. You're right. It's amazing. Right. He, he the is. guy's open every play, and it's not like he just gets, you know, six, eight yards. No, he's running down the field. Right. He's running 15, 20 yards at a clip. I really do think. Now, we've seen a lot of great tight ends, mm-hmm. and his career is not – I mean, he's in the midst of his, what you would think is his prime. I think by the time it's all said and done, he's going to be one of the great tight ends of all time that we've ever seen. There's no question. Oh, my goodness. He's already – I think he's already at like 8,500 yards receiving in his career. And if you take a look at tight ends, like next year, if he just has like 1,000 yards, he'll already be like top four or five in receiving yards for tight ends. And you know what's funny about him? He blocks well, too. No, he's a to- I mean, he's a total weapon. I mean, <laughs> he's, he's a total he's, both sides. Yeah. He does well. He blocks well, and he can also release and get that. And he's and like you said, he he's smart. He finds holes in your zone. When, you, when well, he's not going deep this time. We got it right. And then fifteen yards in the middle of the field, and then he runs for another ten, twelve. And he, there you go. When you talk about the triplets, right? You think about you usually talk about well, you want to have the quarterback, the running back, the receiver. It's not that, right, because the running game for them is not that. But you just take a look at the way the weapons – you know, Mahomes is, is arguably the best quarterback in the sport right now. He's certainly the guy that everybody would want if you had the chance to get him. Mm-hmm. Then you have Hill, who we were talking about that play in the, in the, in the AFC title game against the Bills where it, the, the, the defensive back is standing right next to him and he runs 60 yards down the sideline. And then you have the big tight end. In terms of the melding of the weapons – it really is almost impossible to beat. Yeah. It, they really are just such a perfect blend of for an offense, especially a passing offense. And the aggression, the reason they can be aggressive is because they have these guys. And they've got a quarterback who can extend plays and run. Yep. If you and, and can just just do anything, move the ball himself. If if you if you happen to defend all these guys, <laughs> you still get hurt because he runs for fifteen twenty yards effortlessly. Absolutely yeah, effortlessly. Like you, you're watching him, right? And you're thinking, oh, they, they, they got everybody covered. It's third and seven. And then he just takes off and he's just running. And, and, he, <laughs> and, and, and oh, there's defenders right there. They're going to get him. He's going to be short. He's gonna, and he just kind of makes like a little twist or a little pivot. And then he picks up the first down and does so effortlessly. Or it's one of these underhand shovel passes that right. he does. You right. got to watch out for that too, right? I right mean, when you're like, in the grasp. It's like the Globetrotters. They're, pu- they're pulling out the bucket of confetti on you, you know? <laughs> It's true. <laughs> let's go back to the phones, and let's talk to Leslie in Fort Lee. Hey, Leslie, you're next on 98.7. Yeah, you know, guys, I, I watch the Nets, and I watch other teams like the Denver Nuggets. Guys, I don't like the way the Nets play basketball. I just don't. There's a bunch of individual players to jack up shots, as you saw tonight against the Clippers. 
They don't play defense. They just are so selfish. They're just so unlikable. I have more fun watching the New York Knicks than the Brooklyn Nets because at least the Knicks play like a team. They're more likable. I just don't see how the Nets can be a championship team with this approach. I'd rather watch guys play at Rucker Park playing basketball than watch the Nets. I just don't like the way the Nets play basketball because, you know, you got James Harden who flops a lot. You got Kevin Durant who just who's just an isolation offensive problem. And you got Kyrie Irving who, uh, who just wins the floor. I don't know how this is going to be successful come playoff time. I just I just don't see anything appealing about the Nets. In the NBA and they're all on the same team. That's how it's successful. Yes, but this, so what? Well, are we not going to agree that the that stars win in the NBA? Yeah, I mean, star power yeah. matters. Scoring buckets does, in big spots matters. Sure, but then how come it bombed the New York Knicks? How come when they had Carmelo, it just bombed badly? <laughs> because Carmelo is by himself. See, Carmelo <laughs> is one person, and the Nets have three people. Three is better than one. Wait a minute. Carmelo played with Jason Kidd, Tyson Chandler. Jason Kidd was at the end of his career. Yeah, but the Knicks got up to such a good start with Jason Kidd back in the day. Oh, my day. gosh. I mean, and then they on. burned him Leslie, out, Leslie. can't be serious. <laughs> then they burned him out, and that was the issue with him. Thanks for the phone call. Listen, hey, I understand if you don't like if you don't like the Nets, that's okay. But listen, here's what you have to say: uh, the flopping and the ball stopping James Harden left that game in Houston so far. It may come back, but over, over the games from what you've seen right now, once again, he's leading the league in assists. So that means they're passing the ball around if he's leading the league in assists. Kevin Durant is an unstoppable offensive offensive player and he's a two-way player he can rebound for you and play defense Kyrie Irving listen I I, Gordon I can't think of he's got to be top five guards in the NBA easily I mean easily for what he's able to do I can understand not liking the Nets from a personality standpoint right like the, the fact that you know Durant and Kyrie together and then you know Harden forcing his way here but in terms of watching them on the court, the only guy that Harden's style of play is not the most, uh, you know, it's not the prettiest to watch. But Durant mm-hmm. is just such an explosive player. I, I don't understand anybody that wouldn't like watching Kevin Durant play basketball. No, I don't either. I mean, because he's effortless in what he does. He's, I mean, he's he's. He's just a great player, Gordon, for his size to be able to handle the ball and shoot the ball with range, and he, he's almost unstoppable. You don't, how, many, how many times do you see somebody block his shot? No, almost not never. very often. Right, I mean, well, how can never. they? Yeah. You know, no, because he's got the high arc and, he, and he's got you know, the long wingspan. He's, just, he's a great player. Once again, we'll see how it works out in the postseason because matchups, you know, it depends on who you end up facing. And you wonder, and then you look and see what adjustments they'll make defensively. We know they have struggled defensively, and it could be an issue in the postseason. But I mean, Gordon, right now, when you look at this team, who 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 in the West is who in the East is going to beat them? Milwaukee's uh, not. Look, I don't see Milwaukee beating them. No, who's beating them? No, I, I thought Milwaukee should have been in on Harden. I mean, they, they need yeah, that really. that 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 secondary star to go with Giannis. And I know they made some upgrades in the offseason. Uh, they got a long way to go. So uh, we'll see how it all plays out. You're right. The Nets have some stuff to work on with the defense. But even when we're trying to take the Nets down, we're saying, well, you know what? They won't match up against the Lakers or the Clippers. Okay. So what you're saying is they'll be in the NBA Finals. 
If you're in the NBA Finals, now granted, that's not the goal for this team. This team has to win a title, granted. But if the, 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 the worst you can say is they're going to be in the NBA Finals, I don't know, that's not so bad. No, I'll take it. <laughs> Gordon, as a Nick fan, I would love to be in the NBA Finals. Oh, pfft. Uh, the, I mean, they could not be any further. Things are looking up now, but the finals, that was the last thing that the Knicks have been anywhere close to. There's no question about it. Buddha's in the Bronx. Hey, Buddha, you're next on 98.7. Yeah, hey, what's going on, guys? How you doing tonight? Hey, Buddha. Yeah, yeah. Doing good, Buddha. What's up? Good. You know, dug those cars out, checked on mom. Now we're doing the Johnny double black thing. A lot of things here I was listening to today was sounded very interesting. I just got two points, man. One, one, one of the Jets and then the other on the NBA. You know, earlier, the show before you with the Jets, I don't know if you guys remember that TV show, um, Mad TV, and they had that skit. It was called Lowered Expectations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm listening to Mark and Colin talk about how, you know, we're not going to get Watson, so let's just bring back Sam, and uh, we're going to feature Ryan Griffin, the tight end. <laughs> Woo! Oh, man. Thank you, Joe Douglas, so much, man, for this crockpot approach to the rebuild. 11 years and counting. But uh, <laughs> with the NBA, you know, it, it's a shame. And it really is a shame because I felt the same way. But, uh, you know, remember when Trey had his rant about Kyrie Irving? Yeah. And I'm just listening to Leslie just a few minutes ago. You know what Sean Marks and um, Steve Aaron Boone Nash just said? Hey, guys, I know how you feel about Kyrie. You're a couple of hardworking guys and uh, – you know, you don't like to see a player go do what he did, but uh, hold my beer. That performance tonight was, woo. Listen, that team is, is supremely dangerous. If they get one person that they can get, uh, like, off the scrap heap somewhere that can play some defense, they're definitely going to the finals. You know, I was looking at the Sixers, and I was hoping we had a chance. You know, if MB could stay healthy the whole year. You know, but uh, I'm just looking at and, um I was looking at, I was sitting there with White here, and we're like, look, first of all, they took too long to foul anyway. Uh, yeah. What you call them, the Clippers? I don't know what they were yeah. doing. Kyrie Irving had to put his head into the guy's stomach to get the foul call. But you know, who are you fouling? <laughs> you understand what I'm yeah. saying? You who are yeah. you fouling? You want Durant? You want Durant at the line? You want Harden at the line, or you want Irving? I mean, that, 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 that's a, that's a beastly matchup. If they ever get any type of uh, uh, extra player who wants to come in and just do the dirty work, I mean, they're going to be a tough out, man. But I just got two questions for you guys, you know, uh, especially Knicks fans. And um, then one question about Boston. Now, now with the Knicks, um, like, honestly, as, as a player, I don't know how you guys feel. Who would you guys want more as a player? R.J. Barrett or that kid Malik Monk from, from, from Charlotte? And then with Boston, like, listen, they have the second-best talent besides the Nets. Before the mm-hmm. Nets made those trades, they had the best talent. But something's not right there. You understand? Look at the record. I was looking at the record they were showing with Stevens, and I thought he was like at least like, you know, six hundred to eighty or seven hundred winning percentage. He's at five six five hundred and sixty winning percentage, and something like thirty six and thirty five in the playoffs. Like I don't know what happened. And he was a great coach in college, but he lost some of his swagger. Like he used to be an emotional. You know, he used to be a fiery guy, and you know, you look at Boston in these games, and especially in the big games. In the fourth quarter, you know, they just melt down. They throw the ball away. I mean, that jump shot is tight. I mean, yeah. they're not playing up to the level of where, you know, they should be, to be honest with you. You know, and I love Kimba. He's from, he from the hood. He's from my old neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just, it's just you know, I, I, I don't believe in them at all. The Nets go run away with this thing. 
if we don't stop. You know, Spike was talking about um, J.J. Reddick for the Knicks. Listen, mm-hmm. that's that, that that's Sixers material right there. That That's exactly what, what, what they need. They need a, a, the Sixers need, like, if, if, if possible, I know they couldn't get him. But they need, like, a Pat Beverly to go along with Simmons, mm-hmm. a high-low, on-the-ball defender. And then they need they need that outside shot. You ain't going to have no chance against these Nets. You know, let's let keep it real, man. You got three ball handlers, yeah. three shooters, three guys who know whoever's in front of me, I'm going to destroy you. You know, and, and I see why they kind of let this guy get away with that foolishness, you know, of disappearing for a week or two. He <laughs> was phenomenal tonight. Let's be for real. You know, let's be for real. Like, we all hardworking people, but we don't do that kind of work he does. He's an He's an entertainer, like you said. <laughs> he is, Buddha. He's great. Thanks for the phone call, my friend. He's he's Stephen A. Smith says he's box office, and that's what he is. He he's he does he could do he can go anywhere on the floor he wants to go. He can he could I mean, uh, Kawhi Leonard is an elite defender, an elite defender, Gordon, and he mm-hmm. put a move on him, yeah. a crossover move, a, a slow step move. Then Kyrie was looking for him, and he just just. Kyrie just hit the jumper over Kawhi. I mean, it was it's he's a great player. There's no question about it. This is the There's a reason why he, he's allowed to do those kind of things, right? It's, it's called star treatment, right? Yep. Uh, like the, for all the people that were yelling and screaming about Kyrie doing this and Kyrie, how could he do this? And I didn't see the Nets screaming. Like the, <laughs> the Nets organization, I think they, the most they said there was they they were like disappointed. Yeah. So they they know the deal, and 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 that's why you put up with all that all those shenanigans because the guy can do that. Plus, I think Gordon also they feel that now with Harden here and Durant here that they'll be able to handle that locker room, and they'll be able to kind of keep him intact as much as they possibly can. Now, so they don't have to be the heavy-handed person. You know, they've got an older brother. Mm -hmm. They don't have to be the parents to say, look, we're taking the car keys away. No, no, listen, talk to your brother. You know, you know what to do. Talk to him. And so they're doing it a peer to peer level. And so that allows them to take a little hands off unless it just gets crazy. This is all on Durant. That's why you make the trade for Harden, right? If he says that he's he can make it work. He's the guy who the whole show runs through and rightfully so, because if if they don't win, Who's going to be the one that takes all the blame? It's not going to be Steve Nash. It's not going to be Sean Marks. It's going to be Kevin Durant. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And quickly, to Buddha's point about Boston, I just think, Gordon, several things happened. They took, they lost, I mean, Eastern Conference Finals. They lost like back-to-back years. And I think it was, you know, the lack of point guard play that really hurt them down the stretch in fourth quarters where – they kind of let Tatum and Brown had to kind of figure things out. Marcus Smart as well kind of figure things out on their own. They really needed solid point guard play, and they have not gotten that in key moments, and it's come back to bite them. And those are some of the things that when you that happens to you in the postseason, you have a lull in the regular season, and it might be a scenario too, and you know about this, Gordon, where they're starting to tune their head coach out a little bit because you've heard a lot of him. And there was an issue with Gordon Hayward, some of the players, when he was up there, he came back. They didn't feel that he should have come back. When he did, he kind of slowed them down in the postseason. So there's a lot of minutiae things, chemistry things going on up there. But we'll see if they can find a way to get back to the conference finals this year. Did Buddha compare R.J. Barrett to Malik Monk? Yes. I don't think that was one of his stronger points. I love his yeah. phone calls. He makes good points. He makes me yeah. think about things. R.J. Barrett and Malik Monk? 
Really? Yes. He, yeah, he, he, he would, I think he would rather have, he's not big on R.J. Barrett. I understand he, that, but Malik know. Monk? <laughs> Malik Monk averages like nine, ten points a game. Yeah. And he's been in the league for, for a couple of minutes now. <laughs> Forever. Yeah, Ever. I mean, he's been there for a while now. He's not he like sure a has. rookie. No, he isn't. He isn't. If R.J. What? Barrett was averaging like nine points a game, yeah, then maybe you might maybe. have something. But yeah. even then, I'm, not, I'm, I'm with you, Gordon. I'm not trying to trade old for young. Yeah, I'm not no, trying to do that. No. I'm done with that. I really am. Just I know what Spike is trying to do. No, I don't want to do that now. I don't want to. I want to hang with this young team. I want to see what they do. And if I'm trading for older, I'm trading for somebody like Julius Randle's age. Julius Randle's 26. Yes, okay, he's been in the league a while. For. He seems older than that because he's been around for a while. He's been on a few teams. But yeah, that's what that's that's the goal that you're looking for. I don't want you know. I don't want something. To me, the on the court product is great. And you want to see wins and you want to see the development of R.J. Barrett. And you want to see quickly, obviously, he's been a, a real find. But to me, the, the next list of things that I get excited about is watching the Mavericks lose and thinking about the potential <laughs> of that draft pick and the Knicks draft yeah. pick and maybe having two lottery picks, two more lottery picks this year, whole bunch yeah. of money quickly and seeing the culture kind of shift into, hey, you know what? Things are actually being run in a fairly functional way now. Getting your thoughts on uh, a lot of comments on Nets Clippers tonight. Also, your thoughts on the Super Bowl. Who do you think is going to win and why? So we're, we're having a conversation. So, Gordon, just to follow up on what you just said. See, for me as a Nick fan, I want sustainable success. I want to go back to the 90s, Gordon. I want to go back where that was a 50-win team every single year. I want to go back where it was playoffs every single year. That, that's what I want. I want to have an opportunity to know that going into the season, I have the talent that could, with luck and good play, that could line me in the postseason top top upper upper seed the home court seeding in the postseason to try to win the championship that's all i want that's all i want well i just think that well in terms of what the team does i think is different from sometimes the expectation of the fan base i think the fan base if they get into a situation where we get into the second half of the year and they see you know the Knicks I think that they're going to fluctuate right around playoff contention you know maybe a game or two away from like the 8th seed I think much more the fan base is willing to forego some future pick or some future move to get something right now to get into the playoffs because it's been such a it feels like it's been forever since the Knicks have really been a playoff contender and that is not the approach I look at this as year 1 of the rebuild it's, it's, it's exceeded my expectations to this point, right? Like if you told mm -hmm. me, what are they, 9 and 13? Mm -hmm. If you told me they were going to be 9 and 13, I think I probably would have signed for that. I like the progress from R.J. Barrett that I've seen. I feel like Julius Randle has obviously made great strides from where he was a year ago and quickly has been an absolute godsend. Now it's about can you, you, know, can you get something out of some of, the, of these other guys and, yes, look, if you can make the playoffs, okay, fine, I guess. But to me, it's much more about the future of this team and, and trying to develop over the necessary wins and losses. See, it, and I'm kind of torn, Gordon, because 
obviously, and we'll get to the cost in a second, I, I would love to see them in the playoffs. But as you mentioned, the way Dallas is playing this year, I'm, 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 I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that I'm okay. is very – that you know what that that's the thing that happens though, and it usually doesn't happen in the NBA. And I think that Dallas will eventually get things figured out. But you mm-hmm. know, kind of going back to the the Lions and the Rams trade, yeah, you know, there there's the potential there for that to really blow up. And, and I love that people are like, well, you know what, the Rams trade number one picks all the time. Yeah, they'll keep doing it until it blows up in their face. And this could possibly, I don't know, could possibly be the one where it finally blows up in their face. They'll keep doing it until it turns out to be a disaster. And when it turns out to be a disaster, it's going to be too late. Now, I was lukewarm about the Porzingis deal. I understood. My biggest questions about KP when he was a Nick was, would he be able to play a full season? And, uh, you know, he hadn't proven to me that he was that guy consistently because it was similar to Sam Darnold, we, we were ready to pay the money. You, you, you know, you'd have, if you kept him, you're going to have to pay him the big dollars. And then there was the stuff with his brother. He weren't sure he was going to be here. So I, I don't like trading big for small. I don't. But I thought, you know, okay, let's see what happens. Right now, Gordon, the way it's worked out, uh, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. And then I'm, I'm hearing all this stuff about he and, and – and, uh, you know, he's got people that he's not performing well. He's not, you know, getting along w- with guys on the team. I'm just like, what has happened to this kid who has all this talent? And I saw a Dallas game, uh, you know, Gordon, a couple of nights ago, and he looks like he can barely move. Yeah, the I never liked the trade because you were trading essentially for cap space, and you never ended up using that cap space, right? Like it was bad, and you don't take your best player and trade that guy away for cap space. You, you hopefully can trade some, one of your lesser players for cap space. So I didn't, I didn't like the move from that point of view. The actual trading of the piece, I, I was not as that didn't upset me nearly as much because I did think that there were some warning signs there with Porzingis, mm. and it does seem like you know, health things that whether yeah. or not he's just going to be able to stay on the court uh, that, and I'll tell you this, if he does stay on the court and if he had performed, Oh my God, Nick fans would never have heard the end of that. No, no, no. So anytime he has any success whatsoever, you hear about all oh, Porzingis, is this Porzingis, is that. And then when he's missing games here and there and, and, and missing time, you don't hear anything about that. So I, I didn't like the, the trading of him for the cap space and then, mm-hmm. you know, not doing anything with the cap space. But the trading of Porzingis, yeah, I mean, he, uh, he obviously has, I think, a little bit elevated perception of who he, you know, how he <laughs> ranks in the NBA as opposed to, and, and some people in the media too, as to, opposed to what his actual production is. And you would just you would have thought, Gordon, that him with Luka Doncic would have been perfect. Yep. I mean, you know, they could play off each other. You've got Porzingis with the with the ability to shoot the three. You know, Doncic who could put the ball on the floor, have great, you know, being able to have great vision, pass the ball well. I mean, it would have been, you know, it, it should have been on paper. It should have worked well. And I think the other thing that really kills it for the Knicks is that Dennis Smith Jr. has been unwatchable. Yeah, yeah he, unwatchable. Yeah, he's been terrible. Unfortunately, you know, it just has not worked out. Uh, that uh, part of it has not worked out. It, you know, basically going to play in the G League now. Uh, if they get anything back for him, it will be a surprise. Yeah, that part of it has not worked out. Trading it for the cap space has not worked out. But look, 
maybe the Mavericks do figure it out here before too long and start winning some games. But as things stand right now, let's just keep the train rolling. Just keep it rolling, baby. <laughs> That's right. Marlon's in Florida. Hey, Marlon, welcome to 98.7 ESPN. Hey, guys, what's up? What's up, Marlon? What's up? Enough of this Knicks talk. Why do we have to keep hearing that night after night tonight? Nets playing, all right? So, Kyrie Irving tonight. This guy is incredible off the glass. Uh, it's like the best finisher in the NBA. The, the things that he does, I'm scratching my head like, who 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 else can do this in the league? Seriously. Then Great talent, Marlon. We got Harden. I like Harden. I don't like him bringing the ball off the in the fourth quarter. I don't like that. Give it to give it to to Kyrie. Let him do that. And then you know Durant, he wakes up, he gives you thirty. Tonight he got twenty eight, but it's all right. The other night against the Wizards, I lost a hundred dollars off that ridiculous, disgusting game they played. I got it back tonight, and I think they almost needed that game to lose against the Wizards to come back and now beat the uh, the Clippers tonight. What do you guys think? I don't know, Marlon. Thanks, thanks for the phone phone call. And next time, promo code Gordon when you bet. Um, yes, always promo code Gordon. Uh, I, I don't know. I think the Clippers are set for players like that. You get up for players like a, a Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and what the and what the Clippers are and represented this as a team that was last year the biggest challenge to the Lakers and this year is going to be a challenge coming out west. So I, I think players look on the calendar, Gordon. They know. They know. They know for big games like this, nationally televised game, uh, they, they, I think they would have answered the bell anyway. The fact that they – listen, they might have lost to Washington looking ahead to this game tonight. Yeah, it feels – again, I feel like their their biggest obstacle outside of the defense is is just sheer boredom. And I, I, I would like to – maybe during the break I'll go back and look. It feels like any time that they're playing one of the better teams, mm-hmm. they play better. And yeah. when they're playing, you know, the Cavaliers or the Wizards – you know, that's when the, 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 the boredom or the, the level of focus is not where it should be, and that's where they've had a couple of surprising losses when you're saying, how, how could they lose to that team? The Clippers are not one of those teams, and the Nets came. And, and, and look, it was a lot closer than it probably should have been with some of the crazy stuff that happened near the end. Mm-hmm. But, the, yeah, I mean, the Nets showed up tonight, and the big three showed up. Jay Blaze NYC tweets us, Gordon. He says, Uncle L, that's my nephew, don't Kyrie and Harden present the Lakers as much of an issue as AD presents the Nets because he, Anthony Davis, seems to be the true reason people think Nets can't beat them, not saying they would, but KD and LeBron cancel each other out. You know, it, it's going to be, if, if that is what happens, Gordon, it is going to be a phenomenally interesting final because uh, he's right about KD and LeBron. The question's going to be from... The Lakers standpoint, who along with Anthony Davis is going to be that person that's going to give them the the scoring from a different place that you're not expecting? Is it do you need a phenomenal series from Contavious Caldwell Pope? Do you need a phenomenal series from, you know, their their improved backcourt? What what is what other because they're very deep. What will the Lakers need to offset what the Nets can do with those three guys, with those other two guys, because you're worried about James Harden and Kyrie Irving? That, that, that would be a fascinating series. Adam Silver would sign for that right. I mean, just yes, the, the storylines of LeBron going against Kyrie, LeBron against Kevin Durant, 
New York and L.A. I mean, everything about it. It, it would make his mouth salivate. It would. It would. And uh, we kind of like to watch it, too. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it would be an amazing series. I, you know, last thing he needs is for Milwaukee to all of a sudden win in, in, in Game 7. <laughs> that's the last thing we need. No, no, that's, that's not what we're looking for. Not what we're looking for. And, oh, by the way, shout out to Fred Van Bleet, who scored 54 points tonight um, for the uh, Tampa Raptors, right? Because they're playing in Tampa. Yes. Not Toronto, the Tampa Raptors. Gordon, did you know that he – he has the most points scored by an undrafted player in NBA history. Is that right? That's a most fantastic bit scored, of trivia. Most points scored by an that NBA. That would be a good Stump Rothenberg question. It would be. It would be. But, you know, they, they monitor us. So, you know, they already know. Talking a little NBA, talking a little NFL. Gordon, I saw something that is very alarming to me having to do with the Super Bowl. It was very alarming, I, I, and I'm very concerned. And so a little later in the show, I want you to uh, try to set people's mind at ease about this. Okay. Because I don't know if I'm the right person to be doing that. No, you, yes, you are. There's okay. not even a question. There's All not right. even a question. You, are, you bring people together. I do. That's my goal. That's like, your goal. And in this, and based on this survey that I saw, you need to bring some people together. All right. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll share take the that challenge with you. on. I'll share that with you in a second. Trace in Brooklyn, Texas, joins us next on 98.7. Hey, Trey. Yo, first, 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 G, what up, man? How you night, man? Trey, what's going on, man? I'm building a shrine for you in my corner of my office right now, G. God Hold bless on. you. I got a picture. God bless you, my friend. Yeah, because you speak the gospel when we talk about poor things. Man, I, I wanted to talk about the Lakers and make Ty feel good, but you brought up that boy. So now we're going to talk about Chris Tapp. <laughs> Shout out to all you Knicks fans that wanted to max him out. You loved him so much when he didn't want you. You know, man, I, Larry, this is so funny to me because he's going to – George Benson down there in Dallas, and you know who George Benson is, Larry. Who's George Benson, Larry? Tell Gordon who George Benson. <laughs> tell him who he is, Larry. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Trey. Tell him. <laughs> that, that George Benson – Gordon, George Benson is Luka Doncic. <laughs> When the man plays basketball, he looks so smooth yeah. and slow grooving like George Benson on Sunday, man. Oh, yeah. ridiculous. And that big, tall, seven foot three, bad degenerative knees scrub, because that's what he is. He is a scrub, New York. And y'all wanted him so bad. And I know we got fleeced with Dennis Smith or whatever. What is his name? Him. The one yeah. that wants to go to DSJ. DSJ. So <laughs> Don't say his full name. Larry, DSJ. He, yeah, let's just get him out of here quick. Uh, PDQ. Let's get him out of here. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, it, I, I love it because Gordon is right. If this would have worked for Dallas, we look like fools. We look like pure fools, but it didn't. And I, I really can't talk too long tonight because I'm playing NBA 2K right now and I'm using the Mavericks. And Luka has like 48 points and Chris Stapps has 36, 12, and 9 rebounds. But guess what, ladies and gentlemen? That is a damn video game. The man's knees are shot. He will never be healthy. And the only way you're ever going to see him good is on NBA 2K. Shout out to EA Sports. <laughs> Larry, this is so funny, man. Oh, I can't stop laughing. And, and, and oh, incidentally, the Lakers are going to win this chip again. This is so set up. All they got to do is add one more piece to solidify mm. that bench. The bench is already they're very deep already. Yeah. Ty's going to be laughing again. Chris Canty's going to be laughing again. Mm. They're going to win this chip. I, I told you when the trade was made, Larry, that Brooklyn, they're going to have to score about a buck fifty a night. And you see what happened the other night. You see Westbrook and, and Westbrook and Bill wasn't having it. 
You see yeah. what I'm saying? And they're going to have nights like that, Larry. They are so inconsistent on the defensive end of, that, uh, of the court. It's, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, yeah. they've, they've become so bad to watch defensively, and I, I, I respect the Nets. I'm not tripping on them. But they can't stop anybody. Yeah. They make bad teams look really good. And to be that offensively gifted, they got to fix that, man. And I don't even know if that can be fixed because they don't have personnel. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting, Trey. Thanks for the phone call. Enjoy the game to, to see what moves they make. For me, Gordon, the, if Kyle Kuzma and, and Laker fans will tell you, oh, Kyle Kuzma, oh, we could, if he could have the, the series in the finals against the net team, if he could have the series that they've been waiting for him to have where he's that guy that can come out, hit the three, hit the boards, give them some fast break buckets, do some things, play low defense, give them some minutes off the bench. He would be major for them, major for them to to kind of counter back, going back to uh, Jay Blaze NYC's tweet, to counteract what the Nets can do with that team. He it feels like the Nets still have a, a couple of moves like Absolutely. The, the Lake, I'm sure both teams, I'm sure, you know, all the contenders are going to have a tweak here or two. Uh, it feels like the Nets have more tweaks to make than even with all the star power that they have, just kind of finding a couple of pieces that can provide them some sort of uh, defensive support uh, rather than the Lakers. The Lakers will probably make a move or two here or there, but it seems like they're ready to go. I agree. I agree. And it, it, listen, it's fun to look ahead that way. I hope. Gordon, I hope we get that way. I hope we get that far. Because I'll be honest with you. I'm getting a little concerned. You talk about the NHL here. The Islanders were supposed to play tonight. They had to be canceled because of the COVID protocol. You're looking at um, a couple of other teams done for the week because of COVID protocol. Uh, And then you look at, uh, speaking of the Lakers, LeBron with the issue in Atlanta with the courtside Karen, I think her name is. Uh, And I'm sorry. There's there's buildings in this country, Gordon, like the Garden, where you can't even go in. Brooklyn, no fans, no fans. How is somebody sitting courtside in Atlanta? Atlanta. Yeah, it would seem like courtside. No if mask. you're going to allow people in, and you know, they, based on the states and the, and the numbers, I guess, right? You can space people out, and you can have a limited amount of people. Why you would put those people in the front row, essentially, uh, is beyond me. Like, imagine being one of the players where you have to take COVID tests, and you got to. You got to do all these different protocols to keep you safe. But then there's a random stranger. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm assuming that those people, maybe they had to have some sort of test, uh, you know, a temperature check before they came in, but they weren't getting a COVID test. There's a random stranger sitting right there yelling at you, screaming, droplets just flying out of their mouth, not even wearing a mask. No. Indoors. Indoors, right? In Where Gordon... The, the the sideline reporters, some of them aren't even in the building. <laughs> right. The announcers, Mike Green and, and, and Clyde are sitting in the, the MSG studios, right? Yep. You can't right. even go to the game and you got this person sitting there, random person. I mean, the Nets, the Nets sideline reporters in the stands. She can't even go. She can't even be courtside. Football reporters. <laughs> it's in the stands. They're in the stands. They're outside. <laughs> they're, they're outside. They're both wearing masks. I know. It's 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 crazy. It's, it's unbelievable. It's the, unbelievable. The, the rule, the rules that get followed, and the rules that get made, and and then there's other ones where you're like, well, what the hell? What? How are we doing this? And we're not doing that. It makes <laughs> yeah. no sense. It doesn't. It doesn't. Gordon, I want you to think about this during the break. Okay. Okay. There's a survey 
that says Super Bowl betting expected to decrease 37%. An estimated 23.2 million Americans plan to bet on Super Bowl 55 between Kansas City and Tampa Bay. Combining to risk, $4.3 billion. That's an expected decrease of approximately 37% from last year. Now, this is according to research by the American Gaming Association. With the corona pandemic ongoing, both figures are down from last year's estimates, despite 36 million more Americans having access to legal sports books in their state or jurisdiction. And the research is based on an online survey of uh, 2,198 adults conducted last week. Uh, so, Gordon, when we come back with promo code Gordon in mind, I want you to speak to the folks and give them some confidence, give them some encouragement that it's okay. All it's right. okay. I, I'm, I'll work on that. All right. Sounds good. This is ESPN New York Tonight. Here's Larry Hardesty and Gordon Damer on 98.7 ESPN.